Good morning, friends. I'm going to offer some instructions and some teachings on the second foundation of mindfulness this morning. And then we'll flow into the formal guided meditation. So a 10-day retreat is such a beautiful format for really learning the full satipatthana. The satipatthana sutta, sati is mindfulness, patana is four foundations or four establishments. So this is such a primary text. It's really the, the base text that we're using for all of these meditation instructions. So the first foundation of mindfulness in the Satipatthana is the body. And you've noticed that we're encouraging an anchor in the body in these first few days. So feeling body sensations, breath is included in body meditation. So are sounds and postures, activities, and the elements. So we've been offering all of these ways to meditate on the body, mindfulness of the body, first foundation. This morning we'll talk about the second foundation of mindfulness. And this foundation is called Vedana, Vedana in Pali, V-E-D-A-N-A, Vedana. It doesn't have an easy English translation but you'll often hear it as feeling tone, feeling tone. And this is not feelings as in emotions. This is simply looking at each moment, each contact we have with a sensation carries a particular uh, valence or hedonic tone. There's only three of them. So a sensation could be pleasant, could be unpleasant, and it could be neither pleasant nor unpleasant, which we often call neutral. So just to give an example, there's a lot of pleasant Vedana this morning. The clear sky, maybe the crisp smell of the herbs, the sun, Maybe something at breakfast was pleasant sensation. You might just tune in right now to something pleasant. Maybe it's some color you're seeing or some ease in the body. So we're taking in pleasant experiences all the time, contact with the senses. Also, we have unpleasant experience. So you might have some part of your body that's aching, that's sore, not used to all the sitting, so you're working with some body, Vedana, an unpleasant sensation. Or maybe some sleep was difficult last night, or something about your rest was unpleasant, dreams, or the bed, whatever it is, unpleasant Vedana. And then there's often a lot of neutral Vedana that we don't even notice. So even as I'm talking, you might notice if there are sensations in your hands. And see, do they feel pleasant or unpleasant or maybe just kind of neutral? You might feel neutral in the forehead or neutral in the feet. So this Vedana, it might seem kind of inconsequential. Why are we talking about pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral? But it's so important in the practice that the Buddha gave it a whole second foundation. We hear about Vedana a lot in the four foundations, also in the aggregates. It comes in all these lists, in the 12 links of dependent origination. So why is this pleasant, unpleasant, neutral so important in practice? 
when we bring our mindfulness to these quiet hedonic, sometimes they're not so quiet, but in practice they can start to feel subtle. When we start to feel this pleasant, unpleasant, neutral moment by moment, we see that there's a chain of reaction. So we have contact with a sense object. We have a hedonic tone or valence, feeling tone, say it's pleasant. And right on the heels of that pleasant sensation, we like it. And then we want it. And then we cling. We double down. And when we see that progression, just boop, 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 often we're so quick we're not even noticing it. It brings in a lot of agency to not be drawn into that reactivity of clinging. There's a possibility of simply seeing pleasant and not following the chain of liking, wanting, clinging, craving. So it cuts the chain right there between Vedana and clinging. Same with unpleasant. We can start to see, oh, there's something unpleasant in the body and how just often so quick, unpleasant, don't like, push away, get rid of. And all of a sudden we're in this whole story and plan about how to get rid of the unpleasant. But if we can break it down and catch that moment between unpleasant and aversion, again, we're not so pulled around by that push-pull of life. So right there is the possibility of freedom. So this is the invitation today, is just to play. Don't get too serious about this. Explore how is Vedana showing up moment by moment for you? And then how is it conditioning the mind's reaction to all of our sensory experience? And what's fun about this is that it feels very empowering when we start to see we're not just pulled along in that chain of reactivity anymore. We have the choice. We have the choice. And Viktor Frankl knew this very well, right? This famous quote that he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And it's right in that space where all of our freedom lies. This is exactly the teaching on Vedana. So again, the Buddha was such an engineer. He was so meticulous, so precise. See if you can explore into that was his experience and how does it offer us a new possibility for how to move through the world in this human body, in this human heart. So let's do some practice here and I'll guide some in how to work with this particular foundation of Vedana. Even as we begin this formal practice, you might notice how the body is shifting, finding a comfortable posture that might be leaning into a pleasant Something that's pleasant enough to be sustained over the next 20 minutes or so. And let's begin just with some moments of mindfulness of the body. So if you've been working with anchoring your attention simply in body sensations, Feeling posture and pressure, temperature, tingling. Just staying with this feeling of being in a body. Or if you've been using the breath as your anchor, you can spend some moments simply following the natural rhythm of the inhale and the exhale.
Or if you've been using sound as your anchor, just the invitation to open to sound and let it arise and pass in your mindfulness. And now beginning to work with Vedana, we'll begin with a pleasant feeling tone. So simply scanning the body, staying in the body, see what you can feel in terms of what is pleasant. You can do a body scan if you'd like, just noticing pleasant Vedana in the body. Letting your mind be drawn to what feels easeful, settled, open, relaxed in the body. This might be an openness in the chest area or length in the spine. Maybe there's a subtle tingling in your hands and feet that feels just slightly pleasant. And with steady, friendly awareness, we can simply receive just these small, subtle, pleasant sensations in the body. And you might notice how your mind responds to feeling pleasant.
And now the next one, we'll turn our attention to unpleasant sensation in the body. This unpleasant sensation could be very loud. Something you're familiar with, been working with, an aching knee, a sore back, some kind of injury or difficulty in the body. And the trick with this is if it's too much not to get overwhelmed or flooded, you can anchor back to pleasant. But we're just touching in briefly to even small, unpleasant sensations. Tension, pressure, twisting. So we want to be gentle here, but see what we can notice about unpleasant sensation in the body and how the mind responds. And now third, we'll turn our attention to neutral feelings in the body. Sensations that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And these are sometimes harder to identify because we often overlook them, we ignore them. The pleasant and the unpleasant call louder for our attention. See if you can find places in the body, maybe backs of the knees, maybe elbows, places that feel just kind of neutral. See if you can notice sensations we don't easily notice, we might overlook.
Now for the rest of the meditation, we'll sit quietly and just play some with this experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. See what you can notice in the body, the sensations, hearing maybe, all of the many symphony of sensations arising in the body. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. And notice how the mind responds. See if you can feel that chain of contact, Vedana, and then the push-pull. Just keep it very light, open, curious. And of course, you can come back to the breath or hearing or the body as a simple anchor if there's too much concept here. I'll just explore in an open way.
You might notice how momentary Vedana can be. We can feel pleasant, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, unpleasant, pleasant. But as we get more clear and see things in a momentary way, it's like rain on a pond. These Vedanas, they just come and go so quickly. Each contact giving rise to a particular feeling tone. And so to close the meditation, I want to offer this teaching by Richard Wagamese, who is an Ojibwe poet. I don't know the word for it, that space between seconds. But I've come to understand for myself that it's the punctuation of my life. Between each word Each thought, each moment is where the truth of things lies. The more intent I am on hearing it, seeing it, feeling it, incorporating it, the more precise the degree to which I'm focused on my life and the act of living. I want to dive into those bits of silence. They contain the ocean of my being and our togetherness. So if I don't respond quickly, excuse me. I'm busy allowing the surf of consciousness to break over me so that I can stand on the coast of our unity and be more. So a couple more thoughts on this practice and we'll have time for a question or two. One of our beloved teachers, Bhikkhu Analeo, who is a German scholar monk living in Massachusetts, the Berry Center, he teaches that as we become more and more attuned to this experience of Vedana, we notice that the body, having a human body, often has more of an unpleasant feeling tone. That being in a body is naturally a little bit, sometimes a lot, unpleasant. So see if that's true for you. Notice. It can be subtle, but there's often more unpleasant in the body. On the other hand, being in the present moment has a subtle, pleasant feeling tone. So here we are inviting the simplicity of the present. And when we are really paying attention, we notice it feels good. There's a quiet pleasure to being present. And this can be very onward leading. Liking that pleasant is okay. (laughs) You can like that. We can explore those. And then just the last way that this practice can be a kind of alchemy is that we notice how these different feeling tones, the push, it's like wind, we're blown about by wanting, not wanting, and ignoring. These are conditioning all of our greed, our hatred, our delusion, actually, the three poisons. But when we're mindful and we allow that space for a skillful response to these feeling tones, they transform. 
So when we feel something pleasant, instead of wanting and clinging and craving, we can have a kind of metta. It's a little bit joyful, a little bit kind, loving, friendly, like, yeah, okay, may this continue. A warmth, a connection. Wholesome response. When we feel something unpleasant in ourselves, in others, instead of responding with aversion, it turns into compassion. Oh, I care about this. I want to help. How can I soothe this? How can I ease it? More spacious kind of compassionate response. And then with, un- or with neither pleasant nor unpleasant, with neutral, instead of ignoring or dulling out, we notice neutral, it leads to a kind of equanimity. I can be with this just as it is. It doesn't need to be better. It doesn't need to be different. It's just like this right now. So you can play with those responses too. It's not always an unskillful response. We can have a skillful response to these hedonic tones. So my friends, we have a little bit of time. If there are questions that you'd like to pose about your practice, uh, maybe particularly about Vedana, I'd love to hear what's arising. And just to stay in your body here, everyone. Sometimes speaking into the hall can be scary. So we want to hold it with a lot of mindfulness and kindness for each other. Let me ask some questions. <coughs> yeah. Hold that just one minute. We'll do the mic just so everyone can hear you. I'm curious as to, you talk about Vedana in in the context of physical feelings, but what about emotional feelings? Vedana as applied to emotional feelings. Yes, great. So yes, Vedana is absolutely applied to emotions. Thoughts also have Vedana. So basically any experience we have has Vedana in it. And we'll be getting more into mindfulness of thoughts and mindfulness of emotions in the days to come. And this can be a very skillful tool for working, especially with big emotions. If we're mindful of how pleasant they might be or how unpleasant they might be, it helps, again, unhook some from our just knee-jerk response to them. So creating a little bit more space, it can be one way. And you can play with that today. Yeah, I see a hand over here. Maybe keep your hand up so Matthew can see you. Yeah. Um, I'm a little confused as to what today's practice will be. Do I keep focusing on the breath or am I now focusing on the sensations that are arising, or just if you could clarify what we should be focusing on. Yeah, great. I'm glad you asked. So this is up to you. We want to give you a lot of agency in your practice. If you're anchoring to your body or breath and that is going along smoothly and wonderfully, please continue with that. And every once in a while, you can get curious about the Vedana of that object, whether it's sounds or breath or body. Just drop in the very light investigation, like, oh, is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? And just see what happens. Notice how the mind's holding it. And, but most of the time, it'll just be staying simply with your object. So this is just a little kind of added investigation. It doesn't have to be heavy-handed. It can be gentle. For those who feel like you have really pretty steady, got your anchor going, it's pretty continuous, you can use Vedana as your object. So you can play with that, switching from a body, breath, or sound anchor simply to feeling tone. And they're happening every moment. They're going to be changing. But sometimes the noting practice is helpful if you're using Vedana as your anchor. You can just lightly, silently note pleasant, 
pleasant, pleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant, neutral. You can use the mental noting through that. And this would be continually, right? Through the walking practice. See what you notice. You're opening up a little more. So this is going to be a little bit of an art and a discernment for if you're feeling like you need more samadhi, stay with the same object. If you feel like you have a lot of momentum with your focus, open up some and see what kind of Vedana is arising with seeing, with hearing, with thinking even. So all with a kind of playful, you know, don't get too serious about this. Yeah, thanks for the question. Yeah, right here. Maybe last question. Can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think for me, getting more in touch with my body and acknowledging what's coming up has always been an ongoing challenge of just like really being like somatically in my body. Uh, and I think one of the things I struggle with this particular part of the practice is um, maybe like not not listening, but not... Uh, acknowledging when so much of like uh, I think becoming myself is starting to listen to my body more Mm -hmm. and I think particularly for um, women I think culturally and societally there's a a little bit of a pressure around um, not acknowledging what's happening in your body and not listening when there's pain or anxiety or stress Uh, and so I'm just curious like how do you strike the balance of acknowledging when there's pain or discomfort and that being a very real thing um, versus not letting, you know, like not running away with it and not kind of overreacting to it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense and I can really relate to the question. I think all marginalized genders, we're encouraged not to really be in our bodies. So first, really bowing to the power of this practice. Like, we're not just feeling our bodies here, we're dismantling patriarchy right here. So something is, I think, important for me, for motivation, because it's hard to value this. Like, this is hard work, it's important work, that the world needs people who are in their bodies and allowing their bodies to be as they are. So first that, not to take it for granted or to think like, it's just my little small problem, like it's big. And then second, this is a question about compassion. So we want to be held by the Brahma Viharas in practice. If we don't have this friendliness and love or compassion or joy and equanimity, practice becomes very difficult and we topple around a lot. So using compassion as your frame right? I care about this. I care about this suffering, this physical pain, this mental pain. How can I alleviate? How can I tend to, right? Attend. We're paying attention. We're caring for. It's tender. How can I attend to this particular experience in this moment of difficulty or shame or numbness, whatever it is that we're feeling? So that's kind of the the basic frame with compassion. And then I'm glad you asked this question because I'm going to give one more instruction that's helpful if we're feeling anything big that's difficult. This comes from somatic experiencing and it's about pendulating and titrating. So pendulating is simply toggling between the very difficult experience and something that's more neutral or pleasant. So we don't get overwhelmed. So we just touch in briefly, go to pleasant, touch in briefly, go back. So like that, right? very caring, very compassionate way to practice. And then titrating is similar. It's like baby steps, like tiny bites of the difficulty and then go back to something more neutral, right? So you're just kind of like tipping your toe, dipping your toe in and not having to feel the extremity of like my whole life of being out of my body, right? It's just this one little taste of it and then coming back to feeling the sun, to feeling the earth underneath you, breathing, right? So that we're training the system just little by little to be able to hold more sensation. Yeah, yeah, hope that helps.
Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Two hours reminding me this is good. So sometimes with Vedana, we can get this very, like, grippy kind of sense of going out to find the thing. Like, I'm going to find Vedana. (laughs) What's pleasant? What's unpleasant? Right? And we lose our center and we lose the moment. So this is a very common over-efforting. Often we over-effort. We get too curious. So really to lead with this simplicity of the moment. That 80, 90% is just presence, nothing to do, nowhere to go, feeling your body being here. And then little quiet look at where, what's Vedana, what's happening, right? It's already here. We don't have to go out and look for it. It's right here. So it's just turning very gently to feel, okay, is it pleasant, unpleasant, neutral? So don't make this so much of a, too much of a project, Good. So I just have some very brief announcements, lots of housekeeping things. Our beloved retreat managers are in a day-long training, and they're so fantastic. This is going to make them even more fantastic at supporting all of us. So we want to just support their training, knowing that they won't necessarily be in the office or answering questions right away, but they'll be back tomorrow. If you do have issues, lovely Eleni is here to support, retreat support. So know that you're held very skillfully here. Uh, there was a request to, if you're not using your cushions, to put them back in the shelves for others, if others are needing cushions. And with a lot of care and respect for our yogis who are sitting outside, the invitation would be just to refrain from doing walking meditation during the formal sitting or stillness practices out on the patio. So you're welcome to do walking meditation other places, even if a sit or a formal practice is going on in here, but just not out on the patio so that they can have that space for their stillness practice. For the groups, we'll continue our groups this morning. And if you weren't seen yesterday, you'll be in a group today. So please do check that bulletin board for your time and location. And then because some of the groups end like in the middle of a stillness practice on the schedule, please don't come back to the hall if you're late. So yesterday, I know some of us did for the noon ones, but if you get out of your group in the middle of the 1030 sit or in the middle of the 12 o'clock sit, do walking outside. You can sit outside or practice in your room, but sometimes the... The vibe in here as we're sitting, we're getting more and more still. You might feel it. And so then having a lot of the doors, you know, opening and closing and all this throughout the sit can be a little bit distracting. So just to respect the container of that, which also goes, if you need to leave, of course, you're welcome to leave, but to try to come on time and stay for the duration of the stillness. This will help our our collective practice. Please sign your notes. And the teaching team is very clear. We will not read them if they are not signed. So please put your name on your notes. And is there any other announcements from the team? Oh, tomorrow we're going to be giving you more information about the second COVID testing round. Yeah, so that's coming. And now briefly, I'm just going to turn to Matthew for some instructions on walking. Uh, <clears throat> Thanks, Devin. Um, so, uh, um, we try almost compulsively to measure the progress of each moment. And the only place we can look to measure it is at the level of our conscious experience. And so we 
sit or we walk or we lay or we do, but it's like in each moment there's a sense of what what fruit did the last breath bear? This is why I'm not a gardener. Like, I lack the parmi of patience, you know? And it's like, if I plant a seed in the morning, I want salad for dinner. <laughs> you know? That's bad. That's right. That's bad. And so we, we do this on a kind of micro level, you know, a lot in walking practice and movement. And there's a sense of, of needing to detect kind of measurable progress, deepening, all these things. But um, so much of the goodness of this path accrues beneath the radar of awareness accrues in the way of just planting seeds, planting seeds. And so we, um, part of the, the kind of encouragement around walking movement practice about continuity is you're like planting seeds that you, you cannot fully perceive. You, you will not notice the fruit of them immediately the tenor, tenor of your mind may not be discernibly changed by a 45-minute period of walking. And yet many, many forms of goodness are accruing. The gesture of willingness, of renunciation, of continuity, of non-harm, of restraint, all these things, all these forms of goodness are accruing. And we really, really do not know when the seed that was planted in some other moment will fruit. And Dharma is just this undiscernible, you know, just the mass of goodness over the force of a retreat or a Dharma life, just accumulating. And then we find ourselves living in amidst blessing. And we don't know when it happened because it happened a million times just in the willingness. And so we walk, you know, and we walk because uh, um, you know, the demarcations of, of sitting, walking, stillness, these things, um, it's uh, the the kind of real instruction is just to to be awake, you know, and to be awake in all moments of the mind being birthed, you know, to be awake in all of them, and we want to be awake in all of them because our you know, our uh, suffering hides out in unconsciousness and our habits lurk within that unconsciousness. And so it feels very much like, you know, maybe the, the deepest moment of that last meditation is much more important than the moment you start walking to the door. But... Um, in, an, in, in one sense, it's actually more important what our minds do when they're completely unsupervised. Yeah? Because that's where, that's what we take our home to be. That's where we think we live. That's what we call our home. And Dharma is a kind of investigation of all the false refuges. And so it's so natural. I'm not meaning to 
vilify or something. It's like, it's, it's natural. We sort of like something happens, the egoic mechanisms are stimulated in many ways, and then we retreat into the corner of our mind. And it's like, I almost like, it feels like I'm like getting my papers in order, you know, kind of like, uh, that, that hurt, uh, that, that might be good. I think I'm doing okay. You know, like that, that tenor of that, you know, of just like tracking the self through time in relation to progress in relation to pleasant and unpleasant. And uh, it's okay to do that sometimes, but um, we we really want to, um, you know, bless all the movements of our mind with awareness and love. Uh, and this is um, this is how we we plant uh, seeds, and so. Um, Sometimes you have to be, you know, with, with walking practice, have to be sensitive to how much the mind needs to chew on, like how the kind of, how intent, how small the aperture of attention might be. You know, sometimes very open, sometimes down to one toe, how how much to touch into the the phenomena, you know, like vitaka vichara, to note, to notice, acknowledge, and then soak the awareness into the object, the sensation in the foot or something. How much to soak and really have a kind of moment of samadhi with that sensory moment, versus hanging back in a little bit more, like a little bit more spacious form of awareness. We have to use our uh, use our judgment. And just last thing I'll say is 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 just um, kind of approach from the the Burmese tradition. Um, that uh, it can alter the kind of anchors of attention as you move up and back. And so walking one way, you're aware of seeing. Walking back, hearing. Walking again, the feet. Walking back, the whole body. And the fifth, metta. Seeing, I'll write it down, hearing, feet whole body, metta. And it's like these different anchors allow the attention to refresh. So, um, yeah, practice as you uh, see fit. And um, we, uh, yeah, we uh, nurture all these different forms of goodness without even knowing it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.